Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast, The KAJ Diaries. My name is Grace, and here with me is Eliana and Luca. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys, welcome to this week's new episode where we'll be talking about three of Kareem Adul Jabbar's articles. The famous basketball player, known to be one of the best centers of all time, is not only talented on the court, he is also a talented writer. Yes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uses his fame and public platform to spread awareness and current issues and fights for social justice and equality. All right, first we will be discussing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's article, The Importance of Athlete Activists. So, as a summary of the article, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar states that just because athletes do not come from a more political background, it does not mean they cannot have a voice in politics. Sports are all about unification and teamwork, which goes hand in hand with democracy. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's message is that athletes are just as valid as politicians when it comes to having a voice in politics. And it not only allows us to hear from another side of politics, but from people who believe in strength and unity. Athletes should not be dismissed as unintelligent people who do not have a say in politics, he says, and that we should harmonize with their beautiful voices. So to start off the discussion, Let's start off with our first question. In the importance of athlete activists, what rhetorical devices did you see and what was their effect within the article? A rhetorical device I saw was in the phrase, whose vocation makes them an expert on all social or political matters. As we've seen during the presidential campaign, even the candidates aren't experts, perhaps especially. This is an example of hypophora and it claims that one's status does not necessarily make them more qualified to offer political commentary. Another rhetorical device that was present was um, in the phrase, athletes have found their voice, which is a metaphor, but also alludes to the athletes that find the courage to step out of their societal norms and stereotypes and actually express their opinions on controversial matters other than sports. Now to our second question. What do you think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is communicating in this article about the stereotypes on athletes? And do you think they should express their views on politics or other controversial matters? KAJ is definitely trying to say that athletes have a voice and should be able to use it, especially when he says, what if now the athletes have found their voice, they won't shut up, which is kind of a sarcastic mockery of the comments athletes are receiving as a result of their activism. And he is actually encouraging them to use their voice as they are public figures who should be able to be activists for what they believe in. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is also expressing his overall message of this article, which is referring to the imperfections of democracy and how the freedoms that come with it don't always result in positive change and the good eventually outweigh the bad. And when people use their voice to promote hatred, violence, and unjustifiable acts. Um, This is referring back to when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is discussing how athletes who use their fame to express their opinions is a right they have because we live in a democratic country. He communicates that sometimes those in power use it for negative things and often use their voice in the wrong way. However, he states that democracy as a whole and the freedom of speech gives them and those athletes the right to speak what they believe. Now we're going to be moving on to the next article, and this will be discussing um, college fraternities and Abdul-Jabbar's view on whether or not they should be banned.
So this article introduces us and provides a summary about the culture of fraternities and the positives and negatives that result from them. Do either of you find them helpful? Because there's a ton of negative effects of this Greek life and culture. I see how this is a very debated topic because yes, there are good and bad outcomes from fraternities. Exactly, like hazing, racism, wild behavior, including drinking, sex, and abuse are all influenced in a prominent part of the fraternity world. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uses an analogy comparing fraternities to hazing method to the terrorist group of ISIS. He states their hazing techniques to that of ISIS. He also uses a sense of pathos and emotional appeal to the reader as it incites fear and terrorists cause destruction and horror. And by comparing fraternities to that, it makes people scared. Despite these comparisons, not all fraternities and people who are members of them are like this. I'm curious, what are the good positive outcomes of fraternities? Well, they can often help with practical benefits. Many members engage in community service, and it helps them create networks that can improve business and political careers. People in fraternities tend to have many connections, which, help, which helps them in the future with internships and career paths. Also, fraternities help build great friendships, new opportunities in college, and bring a lot of fun. Jabbar also uses ethos when discussing the positive effects of fraternities by stating both the positive and negative of frats. It makes the author seem unbiased and, and trustworthy. A question many people ask is whether or not fraternities should be banned in America. Now, after talking about the good and bad parts of them, and before we discuss what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar believes, what do you guys think? I think that fraternities have the potential to be great places for college boys to bond and have a good time. Many people meet lifelong friends and have some of the best experiences of their lives. A fraternity should be treated similarly to a sports team. Sports team. Just because one member or a part of the group does something wrong doesn't mean that the entire fraternity should be punished. Those members should be removed and have their privileges revoked. Most fraternities have been looked down upon because they do not punish their members for certain actions, which is wrong. I definitely agree. Personally, I believe that fraternities should not be banned in America. However, there definitely should be significant changes in how they are run. A lot of issues that have arisen as a result of fraternities were because there were no limits set in place for those running them. For instance, a lot of issues could have been avoided if limitations were placed on alcohol and other substances used when at fraternity events. I agree, and I think due to the fact that there is both negatives and positive effects from the fraternities, it indicates that they shouldn't be banned completely. By completely getting rid of the fraternities is an easy way out, and people just want a scapegoat and someone to blame, rather than looking to an overall bigger to the overall bigger issue. Fraternities should be regulated better and have more rules. If they break those rules, then that specific group of men or that frat house should face consequences rather than entire country. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar also communicates his point of view, which is that fraternities shouldn't be completely banned as they do have positive effects and that getting rid of them completely is just going to cause bigger problems. He thinks that by getting rid of them completely punishes those who are good people and completely innocent. It is also punishing a huge group nationwide, which is much less personal rep retribution. If a man who's 
committed an unjust act is personally and independently penalized. That is much more embarrassing, exclusive, and effective. Now that we've covered that article, we'll, we'll be moving on to Karima Abdul-Jabbar's next article on cornrows and cultural appropriation. Um, throughout this article, Abdul-Jabbar states how the issues of celebrities appropriating cornrows is only part of a much larger issue, as he states that white African Americans are stealing everything from music to art to clothes to language. What do you guys think about Abdul-Jabbar's point to express how celebrities are appropriating cornrows and how that is only a small part of a much larger issue. In this message, Adul Jabbar is communicating that American culture is commonly seen as a melting pot for American culture and cannot be cultural appropriation because the definition of cultural appropriation is stealing someone else's culture. Um, it should be viewed as honoring a specific culture instead of disrespecting it. The best way to end racism is to come together and for people to embrace each other's differences. Yes, I definitely agree with that. He compares this use of white, or he compares this appropriation of cornrows as only a small part of the larger issue by comparing it to stealing the culture's identity. Uses the metaphor as if pillaging, wearing the teeth of your pillaged enemy is a necklace. Yeah, definitely. KAJ then moves on to talk about the major influence African Americans have over the overall American culture as seen in clothing, art, music, and so much more. By revealing the significance of African American culture in the U.S., KAJ allows the reader to understand why African Americans become angered at the thought of other people appropriating their culture without giving them credit as they were the ones who created. Knowing KAJ's perspective on the topic, has this changed or influenced the way you view celebrities who have worn cornrows or other African American influenced things? It definitely has. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar used pathos, which expresses emotion, in the statement African Americans have cultivated art and fashion to maintain pride in who they are. And to see other cultures take this and profit from it is, while still allowing the shame and per persecution to persist, makes us want to holler. And I can see how copying these traditions and cultures can be seen as very disrespectful and frustrating. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uses pathos to express this, that African-Americans have cultivated art and fashion to maintain pride in who they are. So to see other cultures take this and profit from it while still allowing the shame and persecution to persist makes us want to holler. It can be very disrespectful and rude as other cultures take one race's tradition and represent it and just make lots of money off of it. Yes, he makes several comparisons between different cultures, such as saying a white person can like a burrito, but it doesn't mean that they are supportive of Latino culture. Shoot, something just fell. My bad. <laughs> um, he also compares a white celebrity wearing cornrows as a fashion statement and not as more, as more of a fashion statement than actually supporting black culture to a little girl who lives in the poor area of LA who has to wear her cornrows because that's part of her culture. That's a really good point. 
Moving on, KAJ poses the question, are cornrows the ambassador to racial equality or just another version of Al John Jolson mammying in blackface, yet does not supply an answer? What do you think that KAJ was trying to do by leaving the question open to the reader to answer? I think by not answering this question, KAJ was trying to provide a sense of emotional appeal, but also spread his message even further so people can think for themselves what he's trying to express and not just provide their own answer. And he wants people to really further educate themselves on the matter. I somewhat agree, but I think that the point of the question was more of to show that he is not fully one-sided, but more neutral. And like you said, he is leaving it up to the reader to decide and make a conclusion. Later in the article, KAJ makes a statement, while high-priced cornrows on a white celebrity on the red carpet at the Oscars is chic, those same cornrows on the little black girl in Watts, Los Angeles are a symbol of her ghetto lifestyle. By showing the contrast of how white and black Americans are treated by wearing the same hairstyle, the reader is able to comprehend KAJ's point of how African Americans are frustrated at the thought of other cultures being able to wear cornrows, a traditional African American hairstyle. However, when African Americans wear it, it is considered ghetto or inappropriate. This is definitely an example of pathos, as KAJ is attempting to evoke a emotional appeal in the reader. KAJ also states, culture is a ravenous beast that consists of many commercial outlets that need to sell com- consumer goods. KAJ uses the literary device hyperbole by referring to culture as a ravenous beast. So what do you think KAJ's intention was in referring to it as a ravenous beast? And what was he trying to evoke in the reader? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like you said previously, was definitely trying to spread an emotional appeal, especially since he discussed the little girl earlier and Adam ad provided, uh, sorry guys, he discussed the little girl and that she could likely be pulled over by the police. This adds an emotional feel to really get the message across to the people. He discusses and uses the metaphor ravenous beast to further express the message that the media and Americans tend to steal ideas and rituals from other cultures. And the media is very toxic, biased, and like to turn on people and cre- create drama. This can be very frustrating to many cultures as one race is often put down for representing their culture and another race is praised for representing the same thing. Yes, I definitely agree. By referring to culture as a ravenous beast, he is almost Referring to the, hold on, he's, okay, he is often referring to the, uh, by referring to culture as a ravenous beast, he is talking about the high market demand for different fashion styles. If you look throughout history, there have often been changes in fashion styles every couple of years, and many of them are influenced by immigrant cultures. By taking these cultures and using them as profit, as a fashion statement, it is disrespectful to the cultures and it decreases the value of these cultural items. Thank you for that final comment and thank you for listening to our podcast. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.
Thank you. Bye.